Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Whether you are brand new or a longtime listener, I'm so glad that you've joined us today. We have another amazing guest that you are absolutely going to love, and I'm so honored to have such an incredible community here, so I want to thank you for being a part of it. Today, we are talking all about mindset and how we can be focused, intentional, and tough in the face of trauma. Our guest for this week is Bella Castro, holistic health coach and founder of the BeFit program. Mindset plays such an important role in everything that we do, and in this week's conversation, Bella shares how we can hack our own mindsets to transform our lives, become more resilient, and manifest what we truly desire. We talk about what to do when you're feeling completely stuck, creating time for fun, and the actions we can take to live happier and healthier lives. Our sponsor for today's episode is Vivu. Vivu is an at-home wellness tracker that gives you personalized recommendations based on your hydration, ketones, pH levels, white blood cells, liver and kidney function, and more. They've also added some new parameters to the app, like oxidative stress and magnesium, which have been huge eye-openers for me personally. The advice is really tailored to our individual needs. So if you include in your profile that you're gluten-free, the app will never tell you to consume gluten. If you want to get into ketosis, the app will notate that and change up your parameters accordingly. It is such a cool wellness tracker, and we had Vivu's founder, Mirai Typhoon, on episode 26 of the show if you'd like to learn more. If you want to try Vivu for yourself, listeners get 20% off your purchase with code VALERIE20. I have linked everything in the show notes as well. All right, my friends, now let's get into this week's conversation with Bella Castro. Bella, thank you so much for joining us at Wellness and Wanderlust. Thank you so much for having me, Valerie. I'm so happy to be here and, and just share some thoughts and feelings with all these beautiful people today. Wonderful. I'm so excited to get to hear your story and really dive into today's conversation. Why don't you first introduce yourself to our listeners and share a little bit about your journey? Of course. Hey, everyone. Uh, My name is Bella, and I'm originally from Brazil. I'm a former tennis player. And two years ago, I dived deep into my own life purpose, which is to impact people's lives by creating a better sense of their mental, physical, and emotional state of being so they can be stronger and more resilient to cope with the challenges of life. I have personally went through my own struggles. I went through a divorce in 2020, moved out of my house, and also had to change jobs uh, all in the same year. And I think that those life-changing events helped me to realize my potential and to really transform that pain into purpose. And now, two years later, I am able to impact the lives of over 100 people across the world with health programs, retreats, masterminds, and events to, again, empower people to live their best life. So I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And I'm so honored to have you on. I think that what you're doing is just so incredible and that people people really do need that in their lives. And so many of us, I think when we have that challenging event in our lives, it can be so easy to kind of bury our head in the sand or just like dive into really unproductive behaviors and things that are not helping our overall wellness. And I love what you said about transforming pain into purpose. What would you say for someone listening who is going through a difficult time that is maybe making some of those self-destructive decisions and wants to transform their pain into purpose? Like how do we get started on that? Yes, I actually have a design program 
that embodies those three aspects of this transformation. So first step is always healing, right? We have to go through the process of healing, which does not look pretty. And a lot of Mm -hmm. times it can get scary to look into your own darkness, right? Your insecurities, your fears, the traumatic experiences that you have lived through that shape who you are today. Um, That could be the potential problem of your self-sabotage and the situations that you really put yourself in right? In either a relationship or in a career path or something that is not really productive towards the the life that you want to live. So whenever we go through struggles, whether it's under our control or out of our control, how we cope with these situations have to do also with our levels of healing, right? Because it's a process that the deeper we can get into, the more we can nourish the feelings of happiness, fulfillment, love, compassion, gratitude, right? And all those positive emotions that can be the catalyst of our change. However, if we are in negative emotions, in things that we have not healed yet, or we are projecting on other people or in towards ourselves, like really, really living in self-judgment or pain, we are really preventing ourselves from transforming that pain into purpose. So healing will be the first step in that journey. And I say that because it does take a lot of work, but definitely is the most rewarding process that you're ever going to experience in your life is the process of really diving deep into who you truly are, the self-discovery process that it's going to be never ending. But the deeper we can get into it, the more we can start that transformation process, right? So I love the healing process. This is my favorite part and definitely is uh, the scariest, but also the most exciting, right? Because you're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm tapping into who I truly am. I am really becoming aware of who have I been this whole time and the compassion that you have to have with yourself and really hold yourself together, like become your best friend in that process will really become vital, right? For your results to start showing up. And then the second step is the process of connecting, connecting with yourself in a deep way. And that could be not just mentally, right? Because healing is also physical. You can also heal through breath work, meditation, exercising, walking, even walking could help you heal, connect with nature, eating healthier foods. Um, But also the process of connecting is like really embodying that version of you that you want to become. It's starting to really be congruent between what you say and what you do. And in this step is when you hold yourself together and build the willpower to set boundaries of what you do not belong that does not belong to you anymore that you're trying to get yourself out of, right? Uh, because that's the step that takes a lot of courage and determination from your part to build the self-discipline, which we say that is the deepest form of self-love. And it's the most beautiful path to really connect with yourself, connect with your essence and be in alignment between your mind, body and soul. And the third step, which is the step that everybody wants and everybody's talking about, which is <laughs> manifestation, right? It's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to pass the life that I want. I want to, you know, attract what I want and become a magnet of all the goodness in the world. Well, this step is very important. It's very, very beautiful to create that abundant mindset. But you truly have to create that visualization of 
how your future looks like, who you want to become, who you want to have around you, and also what are the outcomes that you are you're trying to attract in your life, but also to embody that version of you that achieves all those things and the actions that you need to take in order to really fulfill that vision with excitement, with a deeper sense of who you truly are. So going through those three steps, you know, the healing journey, the connecting with yourself, and now really glowing from inside and out. That's pretty much what I work with my clients is to transform themselves into a person that has been insecure or stuck in their own ways or just not open to learn and explore their own existence to now really manifesting and transforming their lives to much broader sense of possibilities that they couldn't even imagine before. Yeah. Well, I think that that's such an important process for us. And it's so funny. I, I laugh when I think about the manifestation that so many of us, you're so right. We're ready to kind of skip ahead to that step that, yes, I want all of the things that I've dreamed of for myself. But if we haven't taken the time to heal what's maybe broken or at the very least, like, you know, stop some of the patterns that keep coming up around us, that if we don't break those, then we maybe can't move to that level of manifestation. The healing process is hard. And I think that it's probably the easiest one to try to skip, right? Because we don't want to to look our, our darkness in the eye. But what are some of the things you recommend when it comes to that healing journey and starting to go deeper with yourself in that sense? Yes, I think my favorite things to do is to first find a coach, <laughs> right? I personally, I was very scared. And I was very desperate because in my process of you know, losing my place to live and being so unstable with my future that was so certain in my mind. You know, I was married, I had a house and a dog and a corporate job and everything was so steady that when I lost all of that, I had major panic attacks and I was going to the hospital and I didn't, I didn't know how to cope with that level of anxiety, you know, and in the beginning, you know, I have to tell you, I used to be drinking a lot. I didn't even like drinking alcohol, but it was a way for me to pretty much escape from the emotions that I was feeling. And I got in contact with a lot of books, self-help books that started to really trigger my mind to think differently. And then I started listening to podcasts just like yours mm -hmm. to empower myself and change the way I thought. And then I was like, you know what? I really believe a coach will help me to shift the patterns that I'm trying to shift because now I have all the knowledge from the books and the podcast, but now I really want to dive deep into really what is the main cause of all these triggers, right? Because I have all this knowledge, but things are still not happening for me. So then I hired a coach. I went to, you know, a lot of life coaching events and self-improvement events. Uh, like Tony Robbins and Rob Dio and all those different things were pretty much the catalyst of my change internally. And in that process, you know, working with a coach, they told me about different strategies, which we all know now is all like journaling and meditating. Mm -hmm. And in that process is when I founded BeFit. So my company stands for Focused, Intentional and Tough, the fit. <laughs> so it was very empowering to be able to be an inspiration for other people after I went through that process. And people were seeing how I was changing internally. And that's why I ended up impacting a lot of people in the beginning, because they saw that I had that strength 
to keep going, even though my life wasn't as stable as I wish it was. So, you know, leading people, teaching people, coaching people, but also being able to be humble and coach myself on the things that I needed. Self-improvement was pretty much what I needed in that time to really heal, right? To really dive deep into my own insecurities. I was extremely insecure. I was very jealous. I had eating disorders. I you should judge my body every single day. I did not look I didn't like what I looked in the mirror every day. Uh, I didn't accept who I was. I had a lot of trouble speaking with my parents about my own fears as far as communication goes. I was always silent by my family. So all those things that I pretty much pushed down and I never wanted to bring up to the surface because it was too scary. Now they were all in the surface and I had to deal with them and I had to cope with my own insecurities to really come up much stronger than I could possibly imagine. So after addressing that, I felt so much more powerful to really connect more with myself. And that goes back to the second step. But definitely going back to the first question you said, hiring a coach will be definitely one of the first things that I will recommend people doing. I mean, that makes a lot of sense because it's a really challenging journey for a lot of us and we can have the knowledge, but everybody has a different path of how they got to whatever challenges that they have and what my insecurities might be could be very different from the next person. And so the way that we deal with them or even uncovering what the causes are, what what some of the moments in our lives were that led to some of the challenges. I think that that can be really, really helpful when you have somebody to guide you and walk that path with you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And not only do they walk the path with you, they show you the light at the end of the tunnel because they have already done something that you are craving to achieve, right? And that's why coaches are so powerful because they really walk the talk. They really show that whatever you're going through is going to pass. And they give you that sense of hope, which a lot of times we lose, right? And even me talking to you here, like I'm getting emotional because I remember losing hope at some point. I was like, I'm not going to find somebody that is going to love me. I'm not going to find a job that I want. And, you know, I know that that fear pops in our head sometimes, you know, and it's very scary whenever you are putting positions of vulnerability because it really puts you in that okay well I gotta face this or then what and I think that a lot of times when we face those very difficult moments is when we show our character is when we have the ability to like okay how am I gonna do this right because I can choose my heart I can choose the heart of staying in this position and going through cycles and repetitive ways of thinking or I can get out of it and be much stronger. And again, going back to the first conversation, it's like transforming your pain into purpose is so much more powerful if you have people that can walk that path with you. Absolutely. Well, I think it's all a part with that manifestation piece. You hear all the time about having expanders in your life that you can kind of use to model what it is that you're looking to achieve, looking to manifest. And I think those coaches can often be that expander for you and that person that shows that, hey, this is this is possible what I want in life. And I think those moments of hopelessness are just so relatable to everybody listening, whether it's relationship, career, 
career, I had a moment of vulnerability in a meeting not too long ago that I was really struggling with and something where I felt like there was no light at the end of the tunnel in that particular case. Do you have any advice for anyone who is like going through it and you need that not necessarily quick fix, but how we can kind of adjust our mindset in those moments when when it does feel like there's just no hope and we're kind of stuck? Absolutely. So there's two ways to see life. There's a way that we choose suffering or we choose beautiful state of mind, right? So pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And I like that as a phrase from Buddha that inspires me every day is because a lot of times what happens is we put ourselves in our own sufferings, right? We, we create our reality right now. At any given moment, we can choose what path do we want to leave? Do you want to leave a, a path of love or a path of fear? Do we want to continue to create an existent, uh, you know, possible outcomes? Or do we want to embrace the reality that we can live in a positive way? And it all comes back down, it all goes back down to the healing journey, right? Because if you have unhealed parts of you, they're coming up in the surface and they're showing up in forms of fear and negativity, they're going to stay there and start showing up more and more the less you work on your deep healing. And I say that because how many times do we see people that are projecting on ourselves or they are you know, not being able to handle their emotions is because they're not diving deep again to understand what is the real trigger here. If you feel fearful, you know that there's a relationship with your past that have been preventing you from stepping into your power. Meaning, I'm going to give you an example so you can understand. If I was cheated on my relationship, and that's why I had to move out of my house, I had to make a decision that not every man is going to cheat on me. However, what happens is we get stuck in that mentality. If we lose a job or if we lose a person or if something bad happens to us, automatically in our subconscious, our ego is always trying to protect us. So it's going to continue to tell us the lie that that thing is going to happen again if we don't watch out. And that happens because we haven't been healed yet. We haven't been forgiving the situation or the person that caused us that amount of pain in the past. Right. And I'm giving you this example because that could be a trigger in every area of your life. Even, for example, your relationship with food a lot of times is also reflecting on the way that you grew up. Right. If you grew up around your parents and they were eating unhealthy and you have unhealthy habits, that is going to continue to go on unless you change and reframe your brain about your relationship with food. And the only way to do that is to heal your journey with food right and the same with exercising there's a lot of people out there trying to exercise and be more disciplined about the workouts well let's go back and see what is your relationship with exercising do you like exercising do you feel it's an obligation do you punish yourself when you exercise or is a sense of hey i want to take care of my body i want to become stronger and healthier and more fulfilled so you can sense how Each action that you take every day should come from a place of love for it to be intentional and to get you to the best results in your life. And if you're feeling like you're losing hope, you get attached back to that love that you have for yourself, that desire to be better, that desire to stand up into your power and really fulfill the promises that you're here to do. You're alive in this earth for a reason. 
and you have to start looking into, into those lenses. I think that's so important. And it's a really powerful reframe for us because, again, when you're going through it, I think it can be so easy to say, well, this happened to me and it's just going to keep happening to me and to kind of take that. And I spoke with somebody not too long ago about forgiveness and how we, we actually had a little bit of a debate about forgiveness in a leadership class about, you know, whether somebody deserves your forgiveness and things like that. And it really kind of came down to, I love what they had to say here, that you don't have to forgive the person for for their benefit. You're doing it for yourself. You're doing it so that you can move forward and so that you're so that you're not holding on to that because it can just hold you back so much, the anger and the sadness. And you know, you have the memory of it, but that forgiveness, it doesn't mean that you're saying that it's okay that they did the things that they did, but rather that you're not carrying the emotions behind what they did and allowing it to impact your life in a negative way long term. Absolutely. And I think that forgiving others is not about them. It's about you. It's about you having the courage to, again, go back to the past and reframe the story that you've been telling yourself. So, for example, again, if you have, let's say, a bad relationship with your parents for whatever reason, you start connecting with your parents and say, hey, parents, I'm so sorry that you haven't overcome these traumatic experiences that you have faced in your life. And I'm willing to forgive you. But in, instead of projecting this on my kids, I'm going to stand up and reframe this relationship that I have with these traumatic experiences so I can be better parents for my kids. And I think that this is the sense of evolution as humankind that we have, the ability to consciously choose to reframe our relationship with the past rather than just replicating behaviors and patterns that have been happening throughout our lives. And the same with relationships with significant others. You can go and go from one toxic relationship to another if you're not healing the toxic traits you have first, right? And I think that happens a lot because people get out of the relationship and they become victims of their own beliefs. And then instead of healing themselves or looking themselves in the mirror and saying, hey, you know what? I did have a lot to learn as well and things that I needed to improve and set boundaries so I could actually attract the people that were meant to be in my life. And I could allow myself to be in a relationship that is healthier and that matches the energy that I want to attract, right? And I think that it takes a lot of courage for you to determine that uh, level of self-love and we are all trying to work through that that sense of yeah. self-love and self-worthness is pretty much the bottom line of everything that we've been talking about yeah I think if we don't have that self-love and we don't if, if we don't value ourselves in those ways then we're just less likely I think to put the time into that healing process and making those steps to to improve on whatever is going on and to create the lives we want to have because if we don't believe that we deserve it then why why look those experiences in the eye right I mean mm -hmm. it's such a challenging thing so I, I think that that's so so important and I think for you like mind Mindset is such a big piece of the work that you do. And I think mindset is just a big piece in general of how we're living our lives. Talk to me about mindset a little bit more about how it impacts the physical wellness. And you mentioned a little bit about that relationship that you might have with food and with exercise and things like that. So I'd love to know kind of how all of that ties in together a little more. 
Absolutely. I think it, again, it goes back to reframe your subconscious. So we go through 70 to, you know, maybe 80,000 thoughts every single day. And to just know that in 90% of those thoughts are very repetitive because we just go back and forth with the same type of mentality. It's very important for us to make sure we're thinking positively about what the outcomes of our lives, but not only the outcomes, the journey that we're living through. Because uh, when people start their health journey, a lot of times they tie the journey to an outcome to, hey, I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to look a certain way. And their mindset is all around the outcome. However, the mindset should be, again, all about your inner self, your self-love and self-acceptance, meaning that every day that you look yourself in the mirror, you say, how can I take care of my body today? How can I love myself deeply today? How can I show myself so much respect that I attract people that respect myself as well? And how can I respect myself so deeply that I'm going to exercise, that I'm going to build discipline around the things that are important to me, that I'm going to nourish my body, that I'm going to stretch and recharge, right? And it doesn't necessarily need to take a lot of your time, but if you develop a morning routine, for example, it could really shift everything about yourself. It could really shift your whole entire day if you just wake up and do a little workout, meditation, right? If you just really focus on that. And that all starts with the way you think about yourself. So if you wake up in the morning and the bed is so cozy and (laughs) it's so difficult to stand up, the first thing you should cross your mind is, how can I be better than yesterday? What actions should I take in order to show myself how much I love myself, right? Because if your best friend calls you and say, hey, I need you to drive here at 6 a.m., I'm sure you would do it. But for you to do that for yourself, it takes a lot more effort. So how can you even match that same love that you will give your best friend or your sister or your mom? How can you at least match that same level of love to yourself? That's the question that we always need to keep in mind. How can I show so much love to myself that I love myself even more than other people? Because loving yourself more is going to also help you show up for other people the best possible way. It's always about filling your cup first, you know, and overboarding that love after you fill your cup. But if you're operating from an empty cup, it's going to be hard for you to give the same level of love to others as well. So wake up in the morning and say, how can I show up for myself better? What are the actions that I'm going to take today to show up better? And start slowly but surely seeing the type of words that you're describing yourself as. A lot of times we have negative talking, right? We, we talk so negative about ourselves. We're in, so, in self-judgment. We are filled with beliefs that are not even our beliefs of ourselves. And we have mm-hmm. to start reframing those patterns. Meaning that with the way that we are taught that we were is not necessarily true. We are supposed to create our own identity and start reframing our own narrative. And that comes from, okay, well, for example, I've heard from clients before that they they were called lazy growing up or that they were called fat when they were growing up or they were called names that they don't even like to repeat to themselves because it hurts so much. But yet they repeat to themselves every single day. So how can you tell me that you don't like something that happened to you, but you still are self-inflicting that pain, right? So you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, okay, I'm done 
self-inflicting that pain on me, I'm ready to stand up in my power and reframe the way I talk to myself. Every single day, I'm going to talk to myself as my best friend. I'm going to show up for myself differently. I'm going to look myself and say, hey, I'm going to take the actions that are that it's going to require from me in order to stand in my power and fall in love with the journey of being my best self, of taking care of myself, to live the happiest life I can possibly live. And I know that it will be hard in the beginning, but with time, it's going to become habits and habits are going to become who I am. And people are going to look up to me. I'm going to inspire not only myself, but others to feel the same way. And that's the catalyst of your change. It all starts with your way of thinking about yourself. I think that's so important for us to recognize too, because you're so right. Like if somebody called me and said, I need you to come pick me up or come do whatever, even if it were inconvenient, like I'm in the car ready to go. And with my own experiences, it's not always been the case. And I've certainly been trying to take on a little bit more of a morning practice. So I'll definitely have to ask you about what your morning practices look like too, just because I'm always so fascinated in how people are starting their day. But I think also that self-talk, that's such a huge thing. We have primarily women that listen to the show, although I think that men struggle with this too. But we live in a world that I feel like is constantly telling us that we're not good enough, whatever is advertised to us, everything out there. But then we also, you know, we have these messages that have been internalized. And so I think definitely talking to yourself as a best friend, but when you are starting out and it's not like, it's so second nature to just say the negative thing, what are some small steps we can take? Or do you have any recommendations for practices to kind of start shifting that into something more positive? Yes. The first thing is for you to set in your mind that you're going to become consistent for at least a time because the more consistent you are with those practices the more effective they are so it's not a lot of times people say oh I'm gonna meditate but they meditate one day and then they never do it again so that's why it doesn't work right so the first thing is to learn to be consistent but the practices that I've done myself is I wake up every morning at 6 a.m and my workout with my clients I do a zoom call at 6 15 we do a workout for 32 minutes and there's only eight exercises for four times we do 45 seconds in, 15 seconds off. They're all like super effective, targeting different body parts. After that, we do stretching, breath work, and meditation. And then that's 45 minutes total. So you can only imagine only 45 minutes. You have already exercised your entire body, did breath work, stretching, working on your mobility, and also meditating, which helps you focus and clear your mind and relax and really be clear about what you're going to achieve for the day. So at 7 a.m., I'm already having my breakfast, which is filled with delicious fruits and protein and a lot of goodness that is going to nourish my body to start the day off right. I then shower, and in this shower, I encourage everybody to do their daily affirmation and visualization. Whatever that visualization is for you, if it's a month from now, Whatever you're trying to achieve, you're going to close your eyes and really connect with that feeling of achieving whatever you're trying to achieve because visualization has a huge, powerful way to change your subconscious and start reframing how your body works and your mind works. And in order for you to really feel that visualization, you're going to start thinking, what actions do I need to take today in order to make that vision more and more clear? 
more and more visible and tangible, right? And uh, through that process of making those actions happen, you're going to start working on your affirmations. And affirmations is, in order for me to actually make those actions happen, what should I be telling myself to encourage and to motivate me to take those actions? So visualization, action plan, and affirmations. After you shower, you then, you know, prepare yourself, make yourself comfortable and start working. Whatever you work on, some people work from home, some people have to drive. But in that first, the one or two hours of the day, you already have accomplished so much and you're already such in a different headspace that somebody that would take two more hours to sleep and have not done any of that. So it's just like how you can reframe your day by just choosing to wake up a little earlier and prioritize your time and really focus on creating that morning routine where you're setting the boundary of that time for yourself. That is so important to set the intention and the, the mood and the tone to accomplish whatever you're trying to accomplish for that day. So I think that's for me, you know, what must do for every high performer out there, for everybody that is trying to shift the way they think and the way they feel about themselves. I think that that's such a great routine. And it's so funny because people will say, and I've been guilty of this myself of like, oh, 45 minutes. That's that I don't have 45 minutes. But when you think about it, 45 minutes is half of an episode of The Bachelor and we make time for that and or whatever it is like that's really not that much time at all. And if we're being intentional about that, we actually, I notice that when I put in the effort, when I'm really consistent with a morning routine, when I'm consistent with, sometimes it's exercise with weights, but sometimes it's even just going for my morning walks. I find that I concentrate better through the day. I'm a lot more productive and I don't need to stay up as late (laughs) cramming in whatever it needs to be. Things take me less time and I can kind of go through the day and exist a little bit more rather than doing, doing, doing. And so I think the way we start our day is just there's there's so much that's important with that. And I'm definitely starting to take on some morning practices that that I've been really consistent with. And I found that theme of setting intentions that's come up. It's actually come up on the show recently as well. But even in my own life, my my word for the year of 2023 is intention. And I really think it plays so much into how we're choosing to show up in the world and to show up in our day, actually setting those intentions before we leave the house rather than, you know, now I'm at work and the crazy thing has happened or the person has sent the email that I don't like and I haven't set that intention. And so now I'm just reactive in the moment. And I mean, that's not going to benefit us in any way. It doesn't make us mentally stronger when we're not doing that. So I, I do think that's such a great way to be because if you start your day on the right foot, then you're more likely that's going to compound. Yeah, I think that if you set that time, it pretty much sets the mood for your day. And you can even like work on structuring your day to a certain extent to put like, okay, well, this time I'm going to do this. What are my non-negotiables? What do I have to accomplish today? You know, and it also relieves a lot of uh, the clutter that, especially as women, we tend to overwhelm ourselves with our ways of thinking. And it could be so much more simple to just like come up with a game plan or like, okay, well, today there's no way, like I have to do this, this and that, and everything else is a plus. So instead of going for the minor things and then getting overwhelmed because you didn't do the most important things, now you're focusing on the actual 
very important things and just having more free time throughout the day to worry about whatever else is out there to do. But also having time for fun, you know, and I think that in, in the United States, um, there's a, a huge disassociation with the perception of worthiness because we have been tidying our worthiness with the amount of work that we have going on. And that reality is not true, right? If you go to Europe or if you go to South America, people are enjoying their lives too. They're working for a little bit, but they also take time to go out, to have fun, to meet people, to maybe watch a movie every night, to, to know, to do things that are really enjoyable for them rather than just work 24-7 and go through that burnout phase. And I think that it's finally coming to an agreement that society needs some rest, you know, and we need some time off. And it's healthy, you know, it's healthy to know how to take breaks, take rest, be appreciative of how far we have come. You know, there's always that go-getter mentality that we can never stop. But in reality, it's so important to take some time to reassess. Am I going in the right direction? Uh, what can I improve upon? You know, and sometimes you got to take a week off or a few days off. Uh, really relax and sit with your thoughts and clarify some questions because that's much better than being stuck where you are when we feel overwhelmed and stressed to just like take a little breather. Yeah. It's a hard one. You know, I saw something online where it was joking about how in Europe, the person will actually put up, you know, an out of office message that, hey, I'm going to be out of the office for X amount of time. And I know that like the vacation time in other countries is is a lot better and more, um, I think, like accepting of people having other things than just their careers. And then the person in America putting like, I'm leaving the office for a couple of hours, but if you really need to reach me, I will try to get back to you in some way. And we have to be so plugged in. And I wonder how much we really do. Or like even just, I, I had times where I would answer an email while I was on vacation, like on a mountain. I, I actually answered an email that I really, it could have waited at least until I got back to the hotel. It didn't need to be like while I'm hiking and in this beautiful place. And I think that that's something that I had to reframe that for myself. And I still struggle with, I think, that finding that balance and figuring out what that looks like. But I think it's something that we just don't prioritize. Or the other thing that I see too is that like for myself especially, but I see this for a lot of people is that we get so burned out from everything that's going on that we end up going into not necessarily self-destructive habits. I mean, maybe for some, yes, as far as food or just kind of doing a little bit of nothing. Thing, but also like laying around watching TV and not really doing anything where it's, I think sometimes needed, but not necessarily the most restorative kind of rest. Do you have tips for getting your energy back, like re-energizing yourself in those times in ways that are a little more productive than the popcorn and wine and, and Bachelor, for example? Absolutely. I mean, you are a combination of the things that you surround yourself with, like from food, from information, from people. Everything that is around you is who you end up becoming, right? So you have to start filtering, okay, what is really adding value to my life? Um, maybe, like you said, go for, you know, a movie here and there and laugh and have a great time. But work on finding things on YouTube, for example, that inspire you. Or if you're more like a, a person that likes to read, start buying more books, start, you know, getting more knowledge about things that interest you. 
or sign up for a let's say a art class or something or I don't know there's so many things to do out there there's so many opportunities I think the world now is shifting more to like community-based activities as well like networking events you can actually end up meeting people if you have your own business to be surrounded by people that are entrepreneurs so there's so many things you can do with your time and like you said your word of the year right is intentional it's so important to put intentionality behind what you do and a lot of times we're just like mindless choosing what we do with our time especially with the phone if you think about how much time we spend on social media and distractions they're actually completely absorbing our energy and preventing us from using in the right direction so i'll say first of all if you are a person that love to be around other people look it up like networking events around you. So you can start building friendships of people that are like-minded. If you are somebody that likes to be more at home, you can start reading or, you know, drawing or even journaling as, as activities that can inspire or empower yourself to, to be more connected with knowledge that will actually end up being more useful towards your growth. Or if you like more arts, maybe find a concert or music around it, play an instrument, start drawing and painting, whatever it is. Trying to find more intentions behind things that actually inspire you to be more creative, to open your mind, you know. And, and all these activities don't need to be such a hassle because we put such a block in our mind of like what is possible. In reality, everything is possible. You can go anywhere mm -hmm. and buy a Canva and start painting today if you choose to, right? Or uh, renovating some type of furniture in your house. Like there's so much you can do with your time that could actually help create and expand your mind. It's unbelievable. Not only that, but also start using a better time. For example, you haven't called your family in a long time. You can call people that you love. You can text people that show that you love them, right? Sometimes it's very fulfilling for other people to display affection that way. Or if you have a significant other, maybe set up some dates or activities that you can do together, like a vision board together. You can do that. Whatever it is, like a trip, a mini trip. Uh, so there's a lot of ways to use your time. I say the intentionality should be you either honoring somebody they love, you either inspiring other people, you either learning or you either having fun. So apart from those four ways of using your time, I mean, I don't see any other use, right? So the more conscious you are about how you spend your time, the more you're going to build memories that are going to be unforgettable. And the more you're going to fill your life with goodness. Because at the end of the day, we all want more memories and more experiences in our lives. And if we're just living mindless, we're not really taking advantage of the most precious thing that we have, which is time. Yeah. Well, I feel like there's just, there really is so little of it. We have so much and so little at the same time and we can't create more time, but I've had so many times where like with the iPhone now, it'll tell you how much screen time you're spending and if it's gone up or down. And I'm always shocked to see, and I'm not even on my phone as much these days. I really do try to turn off notifications at certain points and try to be somewhat intentional with it, but it can still be such a time waster in a sense. And it's not building any memories for me. It's not teaching me. Well, sometimes I'm, I've gotten into a little bit of a habit where if I'm on TikTok, I'm watching a lot of videos of how to organize or how to do certain things maybe that I want to do around the house. So I'm trying to use it for some educational purposes here and there, but it can also be definitely a time waster too. And kind of recognizing that, hey, yeah, we don't have that much time. We are constantly saying, hey, I don't have time for this, this, and this. 
but maybe you do if you're if you are having that intention and you are paying attention to where where the time is going absolutely and sometimes we always have to remember that the biggest things we can focus on and we can control in our lives is our time and energy and a lot of times we try to control other people's time and energy and that's where frustration comes along we also have to fall in love with the process of being full full charge of our lives because when we are then guess what we're happier we're more confident we are more acceptable to actually find the the time to do the things that we we desire to do and we feel less guilty too and we can realize that whenever we start saying yes to everything which trust me i am a people pleaser so <laughs> i tend to say yes to everything like oh baby shower birthday dinner whatever and i say yes to everything and i'm like why did i say yes when in reality i knew that this was not the answer that i wanted to give right so you can also start reassessing are you saying yes to please other people are you fearful to say no what are the patterns that you also probably have gone through in the past, even again, going through the healing process of like understanding people pleasing could be a fact that in the past you were taught to be a people pleaser. So now you're mm -hmm. coming back to a stand that now you're like, you know, I'm going to please myself first because I know that if I do that, then I can actually show up for everybody that I love with better energy in general, right? So the more we can adapt to that, we can start seeing too that uh, we can use our time to the best of our, our advantage and just being more in alignment with who we truly want to become. Yeah, that people-pleasing piece, I mean, that's something I am a people-pleaser as well. And I've really had to kind of look within on some of that, that some of it I think is like the more I learn, I think is a little bit of a trauma response. I think especially as women, it keeps us safe and it maybe it was like what we needed in that moment. But I also, I mean, I see it in my parents. My, my dad recently sprained something in his back and it was helping a neighbor with something when he really should not have been out there in the first place because of another medical thing. And when I said to him, like, hey, maybe you shouldn't have been out there or whatever, he's like, how could I not help? And I think that seeing that, you know, while it's a beautiful thing that I've seen my parents model that we help when we can, it, it can be a little bit of a, you know, we help no matter what, even if we don't have the capacity or if we're not really like medically supposed to or whatever. And I think that we we do have to kind of be mindful of that. And it's something that, so I've definitely seen it modeled in my family. And then also again, like doing the people pleasing just kind of as a safety thing in a moment. And it's been hard, but yeah, definitely trying to figure out like, where can I say no? Where does that make sense for me? And where are the things I'm saying yes to no longer fulfilling me? Exactly. And that can go very deep but it could also be difficult because guess what sometimes we even have to get away from some relationships that are not really adding value to us right so yeah. if we're trying to change some of the habits in our lives and people are still stuck in the old habits that we're no longer associating ourselves with it's very difficult to get out of that uh, like going out every weekend for example I remember you know, that was very popular to just, oh, Friday and Saturday, let's go and have drinks and get wasted. And I no longer align myself with those habits. So then now I'm picking and choosing how I spend my Fridays and Saturdays. How can I actually learn, go to a concert that is more aligned with who I want to go to, uh, maybe spend time just talking with friends, you know, just going to somebody's house and having deep conversations. So whatever is more in alignment with you, just make sure you're setting those boundaries very clear and communicating with your friends. A lot of times people also 
get rid of some relationships out of nowhere. You can also communicate with your friends like, hey, guys, you know, I, I'm trying to get rid of these habits. And I'm not sure if you guys are or not, but maybe we can start all this journey together. Like we don't have to start separate. We can actually encourage one another to all create better habits. Imagine you guys can create a group and start exercising every day, sending pictures to each other. There's all this disattachment that is going on in society now. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily need to be this way. You can actually bring your friends with you and inspire them to, to make that change. Yeah, you know, that was something I spoke with someone about not too long ago. They were saying how, like when it comes to drinking and partying, that actually a lot of people don't enjoy it as much as we all think. But we're all sitting there thinking that everybody else is having such a great time and we're doing this because everybody else is doing it. And I've noticed like I'll occasionally have a drink, but I drink a lot less now. Like I'll have one drink every every few months really because it just doesn't, it doesn't really align with me, but it also, my, my body just does not feel good when I'm drinking. And if I were to have the X number of calories, I would much rather have it on chocolate. Um, so I kind of, you know, I kind of evaluated a little bit, but I've also found like if I am not, people are always a little bit uncomfortable at first when they're not, I, I've always like experimented with different ways of eating. So at this point, I don't really care. Like it's it's not really a big deal to me to say, hey, I'm eating a certain way right now or to order the weird thing on the menu and kind of customize it. But I will find sometimes I'll go out with friends and they'll say, well, I'm trying to do a dry January or whatever, almost apologetically. And it's like, you don't have to apologize to me. I'm probably not going to have anything either. And I think more people in the room are curious about those types of things and wanting to do those things to get better. And it's just really like the social pressure of, well, everybody else is having one. So I guess I should have one too. Absolutely. I think it's like that whole following the crowd mentality, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how, for example, I'm trying to launch my community here. I'm not trying. I'm, I'm doing a community here in Atlanta, Georgia. And it's very interesting how whenever somebody that is some, somewhat popular go to my events, then there's a lot of people that goes to, right? So like then <laughs> like a whole mess moving towards like, you know what? Let's exercise. Let's be healthier. Let's come to these events. Let's inspire, inspire each other to, to live a better life. And it starts shifting one by one. And now I realize that, you know, the people that are really trying to grow in their career, in finding the right relationships, they're stepping away from that lifestyle. They're trying to look more inwards and really make the, that shift. But those people that are still uh, resistant to change, they will continue to go in those patterns. But of course, going out and having fun, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know, it's, it's good to interact with other people, have a drink here and there, but not making that a habit to where you feel that you're pressured to do something you don't want to do, right? Just go whenever you really to celebrate something that you feel, again, going back with that intentionality, <laughs> make sure you are in alignment with your intentions. Yeah. Now, something else that you talk about in your work, and I think we've kind of, we've been talking about this, but I love the phrase hacking your mindset. Can you talk to me a little bit about what exactly like hacking your mindset looks like, what it looks like for you and what it might look like for your clients? Yes, it's definitely building resilience. There's nothing more powerful in this world than building resilience. And building resilience is how quick can you go from a negative to a positive emotion 
right? Because emotion is pretty much energy in motion that is going through your body at any given moment. And you can reframe it to be positive or negative. You can be in a high vibration or low vibration. So again, going back to that suffering or beautiful state, you can start shifting that as fast as possible. And it all starts with that healing journey. The healing journey all starts with your subconscious. Your subconscious have a lot of database, let's say, stored that are not pretty much helping you to stay in a positive state of mind. It's just our human psychology. If you go back to you know, even the beginnings of times, we have an ego that is trying to protect us that has something called negative bias. So we are constantly accumulating possible problems and possible negative outcomes of each situation because we're scared of taking that action. Our ego is protecting us. But until what point is that ego actually protecting us or hurting us? We have to be able to discern that. And again, going back to your subconscious and figuring out what is the database that I need to change to really shift that. And that's what uh, you know mindset hacking means. It's just like really shifting as fast as you can, as adaptable as possible to really open your mind to possibilities and start, okay, well, I know this is not coming from a good place. How can I shift this as fast as I can? and um, work through maybe the triggers, right? Sometimes we have triggers of anger, of sadness uh, that could also be addressed. Okay, why is this really making me angry? What is uh, the thing from the past that have caused me to be angry about the situation? And more and more, you're going to start realizing that there's not really nothing. We really create this. We have created our own suffering. Again, we don't need to be in that suffering state. We can easily shift hey you know what i'm done with this mindset i'm going to continue to reframe my mind and create those positive affirmations they're going to start establishing a new file quote unquote on my database on my subconscious and then every time that i want to pull a positive emotion it's going to be super easy to come in and tackle that emotion instead of coming to a negative place and that's pretty much how i work with my clients shifting that subconscious reframing their mindset to really stay in a very high vibration all the time as much as we can possibly be because it's all about that inner work just like you build muscles and you can you can think about that way. If you build muscles and you are so consistent with your workout, your muscles don't go away. Sometimes you can't even go two weeks without working out and you're not going to lose the weight because you have worked out so consistently for so long that now it's part of your DNA, it's part of your body mm-hmm. composition. Uh, but if a person just work out for two weeks or three weeks or a month, and if they don't work out for two weeks, they are going to see that they lose their progress. Mm-hmm. So you have to be so consistent with the way that you shift your mind that eventually becomes a habit. It becomes who you are. And there's no way to go back to those old patterns anymore. But you have to be consistent. Going back to that whole consistency, it's key to any change. Absolutely. And I think that that subconscious piece, I mean, that really is so important when we think about our minds, our subconscious does not, to my understanding, our subconscious does not understand the difference between reality and what you're telling yourself and which thoughts are true and which ones aren't. Mm -hmm. So if you're continuing to tell yourself something that's not true, that's harmful to you, it's just going to make things worse. Even if the reality is that you're doing a great job at whatever it is, or you're the opposite of 
what you tell yourself you are. And so if you are telling your subconscious these positive things, if you are shifting the way that you're thinking about it and creating that new file, I mean, you're going to have that cognitive bias and you are going to make the changes because your your subconscious does not know that it, it doesn't know that you're shifting those beliefs. It, it just knows that something has changed. Absolutely. And it's so beautiful because we have 5% of our mind is our consciousness and which really separates us from other animals. So we have to start using our consciousness. We have to start using their ability to make choices. They're not completely based on our subconscious. Because again, the subconscious will be there, will be reactive. And we don't want to be reactive. We want to be proactive about the habits that we're building. And whenever we live in an autopilot mode, that's what we call it to live in the subconscious mind. It's not causing us to stand up and grow and learn and expand and live in abundance and manifest the life of our dreams. So in order for us to do that, we have to tap into that. And I'm, I'm so glad that you said that because it really is like the subconscious is there. It's going to stay there. And the only way we can tap into it is if we can really go through that path of self-discovery and self-improvement. Absolutely. And I think, again, I think that this work is so powerful and it can really lead to just major, major change in every area of your life when you change your mindset and how you're speaking to yourself throughout the day. And so I think you've shared some really amazing practices that listeners will definitely benefit from. I do want to ask you more as well about your coaching practice. But before we do that, I have a few rapid fire questions I love to ask the guests as well, just Mm -hmm. for the, uh, the listeners to get to know you a little bit more and we've switched some things up in the last couple of episodes too. So you're getting some of the new questions that that we've put together. So my first one for you, and we've we've kind of touched on this with the morning routine, but tell me what is your favorite self-care practice right now? Oh, I love to shower. And then after the shower, I have a, a butter of essential oils that I put on my body and I just love the way it feels. It just how it sparks for me to feel myself. And I think a lot of women can relate to this message when it comes to just accepting your body how it is, loving your body, and just putting that butter of essential oil is just like telling myself how much I love myself, how much I accept myself has become like one of my favorite parts of my daily care routine. That's amazing. And I think that's so important because especially as women, I think we society wants us to to not like the body that we're in and to want to change it. And I mean, even if we want to change it, I think we still have to have that self-love and self-worth. And so to be putting that time and self-care in, I think that is such a beautiful practice and definitely a way to treat yourself with that kindness and that love. Absolutely. It's, it's the first thing we can do is to love ourselves deeply. Absolutely. Now, if you had a one word theme for the year ahead, what would that be? Balance would be my word of the, you know, if I had to choose, I want to definitely find more balance between everything that I'm accomplishing and to really, you know, like I told you, really do some rest, have have time for resting, have some time for fun, have some time for work and being able to separate and be more intentional about my time. And that all ties back to balance. And I think that's just such an important thing that we want to have. And I think we neglect it quite a bit. So I think being intentional about pursuing it, I think that that is the only way that we'll have it. Because I think otherwise, we just think everything is going to fall into place and that it's going to be balanced. But to really have that intention there and to really prioritize that, that's fantastic. Yes, absolutely. 
And then my final rapid fire question for you, what are you most looking forward to right now? Um, the mastermind program that we're going to have, we actually start on Monday. Uh, we're going to have two this year. So this is the first one and it's the pilot program. So there's a lot of excitement in, in a lot of areas of improvement probably, but we're super excited because it's 12 weeks that me and other coaches will be connecting with our clients into empowering them to heal, connect and glow from inside and out and then we're gonna have a retreat experience in Tulum so there's a lot of uh, growth and a beautiful experiences that we're going to have throughout this 12 next week so I would say 90 days so that's what I'm looking forward to that is so cool I'm so excited for you and I think I, I've just heard so many amazing things about Tulum as well and I think that that's going to be such an incredible experience for you and the other coaches and for the clients as well that are going through it talk to me a little bit more about your coaching practice practice and the other offerings that you have that, that listeners can take advantage of. Absolutely. So now I have health programs, which they all encompass the body, mind, and soul level. So on the body level, we have workouts and the nutrition part. On the soul level, we do meditation and breath work. And on the mindset level, we go through, uh, you know, just shifting those patterns that we just talked about. That's a life coaching program. And we have events in Atlanta. We also have this mastermind that is just now launching, which I'm very, very excited about. And I think that those are pretty much what will be the focus for 2023. So health programs and life coaching, the mastermind and the events. And each of those have the main purpose to really shift people's ways of thinking, feeling, and looking and uh, really connecting with their mind, body, and soul in a very deep and beautiful way. I love that. I think that what you're doing is amazing. And I think that it's so great that you do integrate the mind, body, and soul to what you're doing. Because I think we can't make changes in one area without focusing on the others as well. So what you're doing is incredible. Talk to me about how listeners can find you and connect with you and your work. So they can all find me on Instagram, Bella, And Bella has one L only. <laughs> and uh, on my website is bfitatl.com and yeah pretty much those are the the best ways um, they can also email at bella at bfit.com and yes please reach out please communicate with me i would love to hear more about each person's story what they're struggling with how they they need assistance from me and I'll be more than happy to assist. Well, I so appreciate that. It's been so incredible getting to chat with you. I'll make sure that I link everything in the show notes too, so that the listeners can just click right through the show notes to access your website, check out what you've been up to. And I cannot wait for them to get to hear what you have to say. So thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your incredible story and your wisdom with us today. Thank you so much, Valerie, for having me and allowing me to share my story. What a lovely conversation. Bella was so kind and had so many great insights when it comes to our healing journeys. I think that so often we're really quick to jump ahead to that manifestation step without first doing the inner work to heal. And that can be really damaging if we don't first address what we've been struggling with. I love her positive energy and spirit and her focus on creating the right intentions for yourself early in the day. I've been personally working on cultivating a morning routine for myself and I think the examples she provides are so great for nourishing yourself not only physically 
physically, but mentally. So absolutely love the work that she's doing. And I've linked her information in the show notes so that you can connect with Bella and learn more about the services that she offers. Now, if you've enjoyed today's conversation, I would love to hear from you. You can screenshot this episode and share it on social media to let others know what you think and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you have a topic you'd like us to explore in the future on this show, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Wellness and Wanderlust blog or by email at Valerie, V-A-L-E-R-I-E at wellnessandwanderlust.net. Thank you so much for being a part of this community and I cannot wait to see you next time.